everybody, and welcome back to the Chiluminati Podcast, episode 182. As always, I'm one of your hosts, Mike Martin, joined by the George Clooney and Chris O'Donnell of L.A. Jesse and Alex. Oof. The worst version of Oof. Batman and Robin. Yeah, bro. The no. one I, I, I saw this at the drive-in theater, Batman and Robin. I remember seeing Why this. Why did you go with the Arnold Schwarzenegger and Uma Thurman of L.A.? Because well, then you know, one of us could be like, I used to see you. And the other one could be like, come up and see me sometime. Bye. Either way, it's great. <laughs> no, no. I'm sorry. You're Batman and Robin. Come on. So who's of. wearing the bat nips? Yeah, I think we both had bat nips. Yeah. Mike, no, we both do. Mike, we both have bat nip and crotch. Who's got the bat credit card, though? Oh, not me. No, yeah. I don't got that. Who kind whips of, that sucker out? That's I don't got that. Trying to impress poison no, ivy. it's obviously me. I'm the one with the bat yeah. credit card. Alex and is the I one can with the fold fake laundry like a motherfucker. Alex has the fake lips. He has the fake yeah. lips. So when he kisses poison ivy, he's fine. Does that make me the Batgirl of the movie? Am I Batgirl? Yeah, you kind of are. You're more of our Alfred. I'll be real. All right, I'll take it. That's fine. When you went to the, the drive-in that night to go see Batman and Robin, did you drive straight out of your garage and it left like a, bat, a perfect bat symbol? <laughs> yes, uh, I think that was it when I was in the back of the van as my mom and dad drove me to the drive-in theater. Yeah. <laughs> the back of the van? What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, we would go. So, so we would go to the drive in and we'd park because it's like a whole row of yeah, like where yeah, cars yeah, park no, and yeah. you pop the the van the whole back popped open and we could fold the seats down oh you like you like tailgated that shit okay i see yeah yeah, yeah. we were like yeah we were comfortable and didn't like sit in the middle seats of the van and look out the window Vibes. there's three kids keep in mind my mom needed when you a van. say van do you mean like minivan do this minivan have windows yes it did okay all right, right. Oh, okay, 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 okay. We're not talking about the van in my garage right now. Right, Jesse, right, okay? right, right, right. Not that one. Do you guys do you guys know what I'm doing? Do you know what the episode is? I have today? no idea what this is. Well, you gave me a hint in in the uh in the text messages, so I kinda have an idea. And yeah, that's right, everybody. It's an Alex episode. It's an Alex two-parter. Oh, yeah. Uh, time to hand the reins over. I've had the reins for the past couple months. I need a breath. Yeah, Alex has got me. He's going to take care if of this us. This is in part three and four of connecting a green stone to JFK. I'm out. Let me see. Your hint was, of course, simply emojis after of which I promptly ignored and sent you more shiny Pokemon <laughs> God damn pictures. You. Stop catching <laughs> shiny caught, Pokemon. I have 14 now in the past seven days. God it's damn crazy. You. I need you to know that every night, time is around o'clock. 11 p.m. My phone will blow up with about 15 to 20 texts between these two that are just like caught like five shiny Pokemon. Three, I'm just like, the, stop it. And Matt I is have like, three shiny Mareeps. I have three shiny Mareeps and I have two shiny Psyducks. I have dupes of shinies. It's so dumb. He sent me the same Joker emoji twice and it was from the movie Joker. Well, I didn't mean to do that, all right? <laughs> I didn't mean to do that. The first one didn't show up for me until I sent the second one and then it showed up. He double so little... jokered you? Man, you don't Yeah, do I double jokered you. Are we doing more like... Disney curses, Disney hauntings style yes. stuff. Yes, we are. This, this, c- surprise. This is the sequel to the Diz- Disney deaths episode. <laughs> we're not getting, we're not getting Greenstone part three. You are. Nope. We're not getting more JFK. Nope. You, ha- you will. We're getting the sequel to Disney deaths. It is December. The, one that the, was people, December the people 7th. are clamoring. The people are clamoring for this stuff. You know what I mean? It is, I gotta give it is one of our most listened to episodes, I think, over like the past year. I gotta I give the people what look. they want. I know that more than anything. What they want. I know that more than anything they want me to. They were like, Alex, why, why won't you do a sequel to the Disney deaths episode? <laughs> that, well, you're right. It's pretty much dead on. How would yeah, I get an email on the day? Mostly what they talked to me about. Here's the thing. I was going to do another episode about Disney deaths much earlier. And I started working on it, and I was reading all these, like, horrible stories, but I really got depressed. 
uh, after reading a bunch of them uh, because not enough people had died for me to do a full episode. Uh, so it got me pretty depressed. And so yeah, yeah. Uh, I uh, instead of uh, instead of doing an episode about deaths, though, there will by the end of this be gruesome tales <laughs> again, much more gruesome, even maybe than the deaths. Uh, I've expanded my scope this time around for part two to all the weird mysteries and things that go on inside these particularly mysterious uh, and magical theme parks. I don't know what else to say about them. It's like they got a lot of money, so they do a lot of things to make it particularly interesting over at Disneyland. Is that fair to say? You've been to these places, right? Have you, you've been you both been to a Disney. I've been to Disney yeah. World when I was 12 and then Disneyland a couple years ago. Yeah. I feel like I must have been to Disneyland with you at least once by now, Jesse. Uh, yeah, we went there one time to go see Star Wars. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah, I forgot. I I forgot the galaxy's edge. What a what a true line standing in disappointment. That was true. (laughs) What a true pre COVID experience that was. Uh, What what an absolutely pre COVID experience that was. One day we'll all go. I'll go to I'll go with you boys. Yeah, it's you know what? When we're riding high. You know, we mm-hmm. hit that episode 200 and it's 200. the longest and best episode that has ever been made. It's going to be 300. It's going to be 200 mysteries in episode 200. Don't make that promise. And that's a promise. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. I refuse. Ding, ding. If you're, you, you edit that out, you pretend it doesn't exist. <laughs> fill it with something else. <laughs> It's going to be 200 mysteries. And that's a pro- pure speculation. And there was no promises made. If I suddenly have like a really northern English accent for a second and I say something else, that's probably what it is. Uh, all right. Here's what's up. Uh, I scoured all corners of the Internet to find these mysteries. I want to shout out a couple listicles and video listicles that I that I use to discover a lot of these topics. Shout out what culture shout out TPM vids. Shout out Super Horror Bros, which I may be contacting you about later. I was going to say, wait, what's going on there? Yeah, Channel Federator and The Richest all had great videos about Disney Urban Legends. Uh, you know, I'm not exactly sure why Disneyland has this sort of weird, like, like it captures people's imaginations in like a strange way. Like, even just like outside of outside of it being like a place where you can go on rides that are interesting and like immersive the idea of being at Disneyland itself i think is like a legendary thing in like at least the western consciousness and honestly there's there's disney in china and in japan too so you know it's yeah. it's culture it's like truly a global experience going to disney is euro disney still disneyland paris is what it's called now uh because i think euro disney is probably a dumbass name disney Uh, is what every corporation's like wet dream is to become sort of i mean it takes a lot of work to be disney too like as you're finding certainly as you're finding like this guy uh what's his name chapek that guy the guy who got ousted and Iger came back for yeah i think he found that it's pretty hard work to spend money in the right way to make Disney, if you know what I mean. Uh, sure. But uh, yeah, sure. He, along those lines, here is a quote from Baudrillard that attempts to explain why people might feel like there's some sort of possibility of the impossible happening there. That's not really what this quote means, but I think it still works pretty good. Here's one for Jesse to read. I'm going to drop it in the chat here. Disneyland is presented as imaginary in order to make us believe that the rest is real, whereas 
all of Los Angeles and the America and the America that surrounds it are no longer real, but belong to the hyper real order and to the order of simulation. It is no longer a question of a false representation of reality ideology, but of concealing the fact that the real is no longer real and thus of saving the reality principle, which in is real vis-a-vis <laughs> indubitably reality. Ergo, did you just get mouse pill, bro? Essentially real. Yeah. Did you just we get fucking mouse pill? My pen, <laughs> my pen, and then a bunch of TVs turn on. Yeah. Adminon, I'm gonna join Adminon. It's real. It's real though. Like, I think like obviously this means that Disneyland is like pre- like presents itself as imaginary to convince us that the like consumer landscape outside of it is uh is is real even though it's just more fake stuff so i think in the in the case of disneyland urban legends i think some of the wilder urban legends exist and i think disneyland is conscious of a lot of this stuff too which we'll get into as we go through this but i think some of the larger urban legends exist in order to kind of downplay i don't know there's like there's some that are like very real and there's some that are like very fake and i think both of them have a purpose in creating the image of Disneyland as this place. And I think that you can kind of be entertained by Disneyland. It's such an entertaining place that even now here making this episode, we're kind of at Disneyland if you, in a way, uh, and at a lot way in a minute, once we get deeper into the episode, because I love order, I've arranged these Disney park rumors and urban legends into increasing levels of intensity Based off of the North American ski trail symbols, uh, which progress from green circle what? beginner to blue square intermediate to black oh. diamond expert and even double black diamond, which is just for the most skilled skiers. So we'll get to those uh, soon. I'm not sure why I did that. But hey, sometimes things don't make sense, which is why you're I'm going by your own whimsy. Yeah, you're taking by your own whimsy, which is why I'm going to awkwardly transition uh, with no connection right into spot for patreon.com slash pod without anyone ever even noticing as you may know patreon is the lifeblood of what we do here on the show and i can say with complete confidence that without it i would never have been able to not give you greenstone episode three so if you ever want to find out what happened to that abandoned old house in england or who shot jfk or even if i'm ever just going to acknowledge that the somerton man may finally have been identified as a guy called carl charles webb uh you know if you want to keep that train rolling Head on down to patreon.com slash pod and you can get all kinds of great benefits like ad-free episodes, weekly mini-sodes with every new upload, literally incredible digital art from Mel every month. You should see the poster thingy that she sent. It is like... It's great. Probably the coolest I've ever felt from a piece of art. Like the Well, most, she turns you into Andrew WK, man. Yeah. How do you not feel cool? It, 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 it's the coolest I've ever felt depicted in a piece of art. Uh, and now... You can even hear all the episodes of our new, if that still counts as new, movie watch-along podcast, Rotten Popcorn, which always has such neat, cool movies that anybody could enjoy on there. It'll be a a double feature this month for people, because we missed last month, so we get two movies this month. Oh, yeah. The big, the big dub. Speaking of driving. A a Christmas special movie. Okay. Okay. I got it. I got it. You figured it it out. Yeah. Oh, I already know. Uh, Anyway, that's patreon.com slash Pod. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. So now let's get into Disney mysteries, rumors, and urban legends. This is also the part where I warn you that some of these stories can be disturbing and some feature real harm inflicted on real people. We don't really get into that today. Others don't. Most of them don't today. 
Uh, we're we're sticking to green circle beginner and blue square intermediate today. Black diamond and double black diamond are reserved for episode two of this uh, show. So get ready for those later. Has nothing to do with theme parks. Don't know why I chose it. It's just bad theming, to be honest. Um, but uh, also, if you need some background on the park and its many deaths and hauntings as a primer for this episode, check out the last Disney episode I did, which we talked about already. It is episode 113. Uh, it's not Crazy. It's, like this. it's not as bad as unlucky 13 because it's 100 more than 13 That's finally true. worked that out in, if you don't remember and let me let me let you know alex it's in of our all-time episodes it's a number eight of the most listened it's in our top 10 most listened to episodes Are, is any greenstone or jfk episode above that no the people have spoken all right <laughs> it's above that for me yeah and, and, <laughs> yeah for and, me and as i can and as i can attest right like I'm not slacking on my Mac and you like tell the people what you see. Look, I'm not slacking on my Mac in here. We got there's research going on. It's the same books you had last time. Yeah, the same books I was presented with when I was staying the night. It's four full yeah, books. It's four I mean. full books. All right, whatever. Uh <laughs> let's get into it. First off, green circle beginner section. These are things that are almost certainly true and which I'm going to inform you about and possibly set the record straight about using established facts as evidence. I feel like this is a good place to start. Number one, we're going to be touching on a few things. Uh, like, like there's times that these people Disney had, there, there, there's people, okay, I don't even know how to describe this. There are people <laughs> that Disney employs that they invented a job for, and that is called Imagineers. It's not a job outside of Disney, but right. it is a real job. They're like part engineer, part artist, part, writer part performer sometimes even uh and instead of limiting themselves to one medium really they are responsible for like literally the entire essence of what guests experience in the park disneyland is a very unique type of entertainment experience and so there is like a job that exists that is to like make disneyland and that is called imagineering uh creating the like effects on the rides designing what the rides are going to be writing the stories of the rides doing the art in the rides uh even like micromanaging outside of the rides into the shows into just like the subtle magicalness of of disneyland that just pervades everything that is like not an accident and is the in fact actual work of uh imagineers and uh so one particular thing that Imagineers do uh, went viral on TikTok recently. Uh, this guy, Hangry Blogger, posted about churros at Disney, and he used uh, audio in the way that TikTok does uh, from another creator called Just the Nobodies. But I'm going to send you the TikTok right now. You can watch it real quick. Um, and uh, you can kind of describe it for the people. Uh, it is every single TikTok you've ever seen where it goes like, did you know? Like It starts like that, right? And this one is about... Churros brainwashing you. All right, so it sounds like they do what they while they're making the churros. It sounds like they have sound effects that play to make it sound like something's going on, and they shoot out smelly smells to make you want a churro. Which is listen, that happens to me every time I go into a mall, and Auntie Annie's is in there somewhere. I will find that place and I will eat it. Yeah, like okay, so like yeah, so basically the idea is the what what this TikTok is saying and what the the urban legend is that went viral is that Disney is trying to brainwash you inside of their theme parks by controlling your brain with smells. Like, playing the right smell to make you buy a churro, playing the right smell to make you buy candy, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. 
The answer is that's called marketing. Well, these <laughs> things do exist. They're called yeah, smellitizers. They're called mm-hmm. smellitizers. They were patented by an Imagineer whose name is Bob McCarthy. Uh, mm. But rather than existing to brainwash you, basically, it's like I say, Imagineers don't, they're not limited to like any particular thing. They are thinking a thing about human brains is that human brains are connected to the nose in memory mm-hmm. and in emotion. Those are the two things that really closely are smell related, right? And so what they do is they get these things, they look like speakers and they have a fan inside and sound isn't coming out, just like a light blast of smell. Uh, and uh, here's a, it's not just food uh, sure. that they're used for. They are a full on like part of the entire Disneyland experience. I have a quote uh, from Mathis to read here from Duchess of Disneyland uh, about smell about smellitizers so here you go disney knows the value of the sensory experience and also used to use their smells in storytelling you said she was the, du- the yeah. disney duchess yeah. right that's perfect. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah perfect in monsters inc you smell ginger when you arrive in the sushi restaurant aboard soaring around the world you smell grasses and oceans as you fly overhead and that's my, one of my favorite yeah. rides I, all the, i've Soren's never done great. that ride i've never oh, done it. I love that's a in uh, california uh, adventure which if you okay. you yeah. should go to california adventure instead of going to california that's so funny to okay me. deal yeah <laughs> and in haunted mansion you smell musty breezes reminding you that you're traveling through a long abandoned house yeah actually yeah 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 that makes the sense yeah, so it's like it's immersive. They're trying to give you a 4D experience. They're trying to pull you into the world. And I guess kind of like the quote said earlier, you know, re- re- make you forget about reality and just make this your reality, at least while you're here. Yeah, it's just another way that they heightened and make it a magical type of reality. Like I live very close to the Seas Candy Factory. And when I drive by it, I can smell like man caramel and chocolate all the time. And it's amazing. I know it's I was uh, when, when I was just there for those few days, man, I swear we drove by it yeah. almost every day. But before Ugh. like that, for that to happen, like the amount of candy that needs to be made is like so large. And so what they're doing is just kind of giving you a magic version that includes the smell. I just think that's so cool. It's actually more involved than the viral TikTok claiming that they're trying to brainwash you is. And I think yeah. the real answer is actually even more interesting than the idea that they're trying to, like, I, you know, manipulate you into buying a fucking donut. I, I would just I would even say is like calling it brainwashing is just oversimplifying. It. It's like brainwashing brain, in itself, bro. I mean, yes, technically, quote unquote, is it kind of maybe a little bit because it's trying to influence you by by your uh, your senses. But it's again, I see it much more as like. They're just trying to immerse you. And yeah, of course, they're trying to make a buck off you. And they, that's what they're there for. They are a business after all. So they're going to do things to make you maybe buy more. But I don't call that brainwashing. It's just called yeah. marketing. Yeah. They, I don't know. they do a very smart thing where they sense memory you and they give you like for those of you who are curious how memory works. It's fantastic to just think about when you think of, oh, how did I recall a thing? It's never you instantly recalled the memory. It's a thing pulled on a string in your brain and that pool, be it a smell or a sight or a voice. And suddenly you remember a thing. And Disney is just being like, remember that last time you liked churros? <laughs> yeah. They're, they're right over here, baby. <laughs> Come get a churro. Other than, yeah. other than not knowing that it's there. Right. I think most people just don't realize that that's happening all the time at Disneyland. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, other than that, it's no different than the way that they make a building look like it's a hundred years old or that they make a futuristic mm-hmm. thing look like a futuristic thing. It's just another element of that 
artifice, which is pretty cool. My best advice, don't go to Disney while high. Um, Until you've gone <laughs> yeah, a couple man. times. <laughs> I'm a, no, I'm going to let you know. One time in Cars Land, every, I thought the sky was fake. I was like, kind of because yeah. the what? mountains are fake and the buildings are fake. And I'm just like, is the sky fake, bro? Like, it got me. You were on. And you were on that was just weed? It got that me, you? dude. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I was just like, I thought, because everything else was fake and I recognized it as fake. I looked up and the sky looked fake to me. And I was like, is that fake too? It's fucked up. No. And I was like, no. And I'm like, it looks Cars fake Land, though, bro. Cars Land is fucked up because it has like a fake natural formation at like the actual oh horizon, like a drawing. It's crazy. When you like way in the distance, yeah. yeah. Let's. I here's an episode idea. The three of us do mushrooms together and then talk about what we see on the episode. Done. Honestly, that'd be like that'd be like a five episode five hundred or some very yeah, like episode two. You mean episode two hundred? You want to do yeah yeah yeah? You want me out there in a few weeks? The last fucking... episode of Chiluminati. <laughs> Promise. <laughs> we go out into Joshua Tree and never come back. Oh my god! The last episode of Chiluminati Pod is only available on a flash drive buried in an alternate dimension <laughs> where the Beatles never broke up. <laughs> Uh, all right. Next urban legend. Uh, another clever way that Imagineers improve your experience involves lying to you directly. Uh, for example, sure. Have you ever walked all the way across the park for Space Mountain and then immediately decided to do something else when you see that it is going to take seventy-five minutes uh, to uh, go on the ride, and then later when you finally do go on, the wait is like way shorter than the seventy-five minutes that it says. Mm -hmm. uh, so actually, there's a lot more going on there than you think, and there's more than one reason that it's happening. Can I take too. a guess? Can I take a guess yeah, yeah. before you go? Sure. My guess is they may change wait times when the line does start to get big to avoid that, disperse a crowd, and then when the when the line does get to a more manageable level, back to the quote-unquote truth. Yeah, well, actually, the truth is almost never there. So check this sure, out. Fair. So literally, we're, we're, we're talking around the basic obvious thing, which is that when you're going to walk into a line and you see that it says 75 minutes and then you get in the line and you did not wait 75 minutes before you get on the ride, that's just good. That yeah, just everybody feels is, good. is like, oh, that wasn't bad at all. It doesn't oh, that cost made it, made you it anything fun, and maybe. it creates yeah. a feeling of like pleasant surprise that is mm. manufactured, right? Uh, but it's actually a little deeper than that, too. And Mathis was kind of touching on it. Here's a quote uh, from the website Touring Plans. Uh, which aggregates and estimates uh, accurate theme park wait times based on like user data, kind of how like Waze does for driving. Uh, so here's a quote from them. They need to build a buffer. If something goes wrong in ride operation, it's better to aim the wait time high. They need to be careful about guest satisfaction. Humans are much more likely to be happy if they wait for less than you tell them they're going to, compared to if you make them wait longer than you told them, than if you told them. If I wait 20 minutes more than what you posted, I'm going to be really upset. If I wait 20 minutes less than what you posted, I might actually be pretty pleased that I got luckier, have more time than I thought. They need to control crowds. High wait times can discourage guests from entering a line and send them somewhere else instead. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, all that makes sense. And that's, I never would have thought something like that. You know what I mean? Like, just like, yeah, uh, they, someone could... Two people could wait 40 minutes, but if somebody was, like I said, expecting 60 and somebody was expecting 15, totally different. There, yeah, there is something kind of creepy about the idea that they're just like taking something that should be like straightforward and like manipulating you with it a little bit, like for your own certainly for your own happiness, for sure. But it's still weird. But they actually so this website actually crunched these numbers and came up with some like charts 
uh, that show how like the actual weights go versus the posted wait times. So I'm going to just give you the link if you want to like scroll down and look at that and you can actually see the spread on it like over time and how it looks and stuff. And it's pretty consistent. Like it's pretty weird. Oh, yeah. That's like dead consistent, like big Thunder Mountain Railroad is very consistent. Yeah. Consistent through the whole thing. Pretty much. It's like a so little bit, yeah, bit like longer. Looking, yeah. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. Look at Haunted Mansion. Like You can also tell what the popular like. It's a small world has a way less weight than Haunted Mansion, for example. Yeah, it makes sense because it's a small world. Fucking sucks. I mean, that's a horror. That's a horror ride. Yeah, if you ride that thing. You will walk out scarred for life. I have, yeah. to, I have to ride it every time I go because it was my grandmother's favorite ride. So it's like a for, for you small granny, world was your grandma's favorite ride. Yeah, it was her favorite ride. It was I, her absolute favorite ride. And I don't get it. You know, you want to uh, know she died when I was eight. I'll never get it. So I kind of like but it, too. I, I don't. I, I don't. Oh, why? I don't Maybe. It. Maybe it's better when you're like stoned. That stares. There's a sun. No, I'm swear to God. There's a sun that like hypnotizes you as you go through. Yeah. I only know it's the terrifying. Florida one, though. Is the California one the same? It, oh, the, one the California I, one, I think, is even older. It's, it's and, like, literally the, the California one is literally something they made in New York City for the World's Fair. And then they <laughs> took it apart and built again in Disneyland. And it is like the, the reason I <clears> like it is because it's like the most 60s thing that there is. Yeah, it's you are like, a man out of time. Yeah, it is beautiful. It is like a beautiful thing. Is it extremely annoying that this song plays over and over and over again? And if you get stuck in there, you can listen to it for 45 minutes straight. Of course. Of course. I, that would drive annoying. me literally insane. But you know what? Like I read like if you can if you can read Gravity's Rainbow, you can fucking go on. It's a small world. The fuck is Gravity's Rainbow? Uh, it's a really complicated book. <laughs> Let's put it that way. By a really complicated man. Uh, All right. You really tried. Yeah. Uh, Next one, we're going to be talking about the question of security in the park and something called Disney Jail. This is a thing that people talk about all the time. It's been parodied and lampooned and styled on all over the place, everywhere from Itchy and Scratchy Land uh, episode of The Simpsons uh, to creepypastas on Reddit. Uh, but what the fuck is Disney Jail? So to get us started on what people maybe think Disney Jail is, Here's a quote from Mathis to read right now from Reddit user Epicurus23, which I found Epicurus. that I thought was pretty uh, a great little story. I have to drop it in Twitter. I apologize. In college, I was talking with some friends who frequent Disney in California. One of my other friends mentioned how cool it would be to go to uh, Disneyland high on LSD. Not sure if he was serious, nor am I endorsing using drugs. They warned him against doing that and proceeded to tell us a story about how they had friends who did just that. They dropped LSD and went to Disneyland. Unfortunately, they didn't hide it very well, acted all irresponsible, very irresponsible. Um, they didn't hide it very well, acted all goofy and strange and were caught and detained. They told me that if Disneyland security catches someone in the park on LSD, they take you into custody and lock you in a special room. The room is completely bare except for a chair and all the walls are bright white and blank except one. They sit you in the chair facing a wall with a giant picture of a frowning Mickey Mouse staring at you. Then they leave you there for hours. Does anyone know? Does, does anyone who's ever worked at Disneyland know if there's any truth to this? Does Disneyland have a special mental torture room where they put high people in? Being in a giant a room sober with nothing but a giant frowning Mickey Mouse face staring at me would be enough to freak me out. I can't imagine how bad that would be for someone tripping. And apparently, this story was told in to this person in 1997. So if it's true, it would have occurred sometime in the 90s or earlier. Yeah, I mean, I have to say. Like going to an amusement park <laughs> for the purpose of being like, whoa, we're gonna get wacky. Yeah. Like, 
Don't do that. I've never I can heard, imagine going to Disneyland on any hallucinogenic is a good time. I've never heard <laughs> anybody say, dude, I got higher than I've ever been in my life at Disneyland and I had a great time. I've never heard anyone say that. Don't do that. Yeah, don't do that. If you are high all the time and you go to Disneyland while you're high, who cares? Don't get yeah. uncomfortably high at a place like Disneyland. You're going to end up spending $400 and you're not going to do anything. That's what's going to happen. You're going to eat like go a on big LSD. ass cookie. That's what, like what's going to happen to you. Because yeah, because you're gonna yeah, everybody's gonna look like a big ass cookie when you go if you go on LSD. So fucking don't go on LSD. Watch a video of somebody on LSD before you go to Disneyland on LSD. Um, but here's the question: Is Disneyland is Disney Jail a real thing or not? Is Disney Jail a real thing or not? That's the question. The answer is, it sort of is, uh, but it really is more just like a place where they take people who need to be processed or held. Uh, for a minute before either just being released back to their group, maybe with a ban on them for doing something, depending on what they do, or if they really fuck up, they can go to the police station uh, straight from Disney. So it's not really like a jail, um, yeah. but uh, rather than give you some boring old stories about it to read, I figured I'd get some stories from celebrities who've been to Disney jail uh, from inside the magic.net. So uh, here's another one. Uh, here's a story for uh, Jesse to read here from uh blake lively uh the <laughs> blake, lively? blake lively who he's married to pink right or was or blake lively is what? a woman who is married to ryan Reynolds. oh wait nope different person yep <laughs> I, was like, I thought this was a country she's from gossip girl reason. i think i can't remember if that's the i grew up going to disneyland like twice a week my mom would take me out of school and take me to disneyland but i was banned from disneyland for a year because i went to disney prison you get a stamp when you leave the park. If you spray hairspray on it, you can transfer them so someone el uh, to someone else's hand. So we go downstairs in Disneyland. It's all white rooms. Everyone is, oh, I guess she tried to do that. She tried to, like, yeah. transfer the, the thing. I don't, you, so I don't think you can do that anymore, but that, that was a thing, like, 20 years ago. No, now they take your photo and everything. Yeah. yeah. So we go downstairs in Disneyland. It's all white rooms. Everyone is dressed in all white. The furniture is all white. And they just interrogated us. It was really scary and traumatizing. I, yeah, Amazing. That's what I think. Like, it, I think that's the real version of like the frowning Mickey face is just like they make it a little bit uh, serious seeming so that you don't do it again. Uh, but also mm -hmm. Tony Stark himself, Disney's golden boy, Robert Downey yeah. Jr. got sent to Disney jail when he was young. Uh, for smoking weed on the Skyway. Uh, he said, <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Yeah. He said, I was brought to a surprisingly friendly processing center, given a stern warning, and returned to, uh, if memory serves, one very disappointed group chaperone. Um, you had the head, you had the head wobble to go along with it and everything. Yeah, you were really going. You were falling into character there. Very impressive. It's the only time I've sailed through an impression without getting any sort of criticism. So I appreciate it, guys. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so he, he, he told the same story basically except he was stoned so he was just like yeah i went to this weird ass room and uh you know got in there and then like my dad was mad at me or whatever and uh <laughs> you know that's what would really happen if somebody was on drugs in disney jail is they would just be like oh that was weird that sucked luckily it wasn't like real jail where like potentially i'll you know stay here forever because i smoked weed uh <laughs> but yeah disney jail is real it's really at disneyland but like most stuff uh, it's much more boring and mundane than it seems. <laughs> no one has to write apology letters to Mickey while they're there, which is another <laughs> thing people say. 
Goofy doesn't walk around dressed in a prison guard outfit like some people say. Uh, and there is no giant psyop giant frowning, frowning Mickey, Mickey face uh, to torture Dude, imagine, you. Imagine that that was real and you got caught on LSD or mushrooms and you just had to sit and look at that face. Absolutely. Just, uh-huh. I imagine that. They- You've really disappointed me, Mathis. <laughs> That's my greatest fear. Oh, I'm sorry, oh, Mickey. I'm sorry. Can I have powers at least? <laughs> yeah, I'll never do it again. Can't be a power ranger. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, so that's so that's Disney jail. Uh, next one. Speaking of the Skyway, uh, if you don't know what the Skyway is, it's a pretty it, I think it, it was filled in 1994. They like got rid of it and stuff. Uh, but it used to be this thing that was like an aerial gondola on wire. Sometimes they have these at like zoos or botanical gardens or something. I'm sure you've seen something like this where you kind of like get in on one station. It's like a ski lift to nothing. You just go up and then you go straight across like a big aerial space from a high angle you can like look out and see everything and then you go back down to another station that's they what were, the skyway they was. were there when i went in like yeah, 2018 2019 somewhere around there no there's they were still there's no? no way no they've been gone for like 20 years uh oh, because they literally used to go straight through the middle of matterhorn mountain like open hole through mm. the mountain and they used to go through uh but they they closed that up uh like in 1994 and uh oh, well, i'm fucking way wrong but if i'm talking about the inside of Matterhorn Mountain. What is one other piece of trivia that you guys know about the inside of Matterhorn Mountain? Do you guys know? One? I don't know, really. I'm not a Disney guy. This is one of the most popular pieces of Disneyland trivia possible. Is uh, the, the, the guy who hung oh, himself man. in there? No, is that the one that's no, like, no, 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 no. Is it the it has the old they have like old crap in there. They used to like old parts from other rides. And okay, things. so you're so you're right. You're getting close. So 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 here's what the deal is. The story that everybody repeats in bits and pieces across the internet is that it's a very tall building, Matterhorn. If you think about it as a building, it looks like a mountain, but it was completely built. So it, sure. it's a building. And in order to build a structure that high in Anaheim, the story says Anaheim's height restrictions are such that you can't build a building as high as the Matterhorn in Anaheim. Unless it is a sports arena. So what? What? So what the story says is that because of that, to get around a loophole, they built a basketball court <laughs> high up in the attic of the Matterhorn Mountain to exploit this loophole. And that's like, you know, wrote in like Disney legend across the world. That's not real. There's no According way. to Snopes, this is only partially true. Yes. There is an area to shoot hoops up at the top of the Matterhorn. There is a basketball hoop and a backboard, but it is not even as big as a regulation half court. Uh, and it's extremely homemade looking, um, <clears throat> kind of made piecemeal from old parts. Uh, and its existence has nothing to do with height requirements. Those weren't even a thing until the 70s, uh, which was over a decade after the Matterhorn was finished in 1959. And really, no lawyer would have let Disney get away with some type of bullshit like that. <laughs> <laughs> they were like let's see your sports arena and they're like it's a half court basketball court inside of a mountain they would be like, <laughs> like who can uh, go in there uh, literally no one okay fuck you um actually what happened was if you don't know this about the matterhorn mountain you might not even because i think they stopped doing this for a long time and maybe they're finally done with it for good but for a very long time one of the things that used to happen at matterhorn mountain was two human mountain climbers would scale the outside of the real mountain like the building with mountain climbing gear and they're dressed in like later hosen and stuff and they'd like go up there like old like 
and like <laughs> climb the Matterhorn Mountain. Have you guys ever seen that? No, that sounds. No, I would be. That sounds sometimes. Very I think for a while they had uh, Mickey and Minnie do it with like, oh, I'm like playing his voice over the speakers and stuff. <laughs> but originally it was just like how they had the mermaids in the lake and shit, like just like actors that that was their job was climbing that thing once or twice a day, right? And basically one day somebody got really bored because up there a lot of the times just like when Tinkerbell flies in the fireworks show and stuff you just end up not being able to do it but you have to stay on shift in case you can do it because it's like too windy or it's raining or whatever so they want to have you there just in case it can happen but you just have to kind of sit there so yeah so they're up the they're, they're up there in these in this break room and they just have to wait sometimes so one time one guy got bored and he went to the fucking home depot and he got a fucking half court basketball hoop and he built it and it like is up there and sometimes people can go see it uh, when a ride breaks down, Kelly, I think, saw it one time because she had to walk down off the Matterhorn, which is pretty cool, kind of a rare thing. And there's something I watched like a thing on Disney Plus recently about the parks and they have like everybody's name scratched into like a little board up there who's up there or something like that. That's cool. So uh, That's, can, yeah, they, can, can like employees go up there and like shoot hoops? If I they believe to? I believe that it is still a place that people can go. I don't know how you get up there. <laughs> I don't know like who's allowed there. I know that it stopped being used as much because eventually they built like a ride building and break room for the Matterhorn. That's like more huh. modern, but it's still there and it's like a legend and it's like, it's so known that like people talk about it in the same breath as Disneyland pretty much all the time. Uh, and that kind of goes for this next one uh, too. Uh, and that's because the evidence for it is all around you so frequently when you're at the park sometimes that you just sometimes have to ask yourself after seeing it, you know, you see it, you look in the bushes, you look around, you ask, is Disneyland home to a colony of feral cats? Is there a giant colony of feral cats at Disneyland living there? I would not be surprised if there was. Yeah, I was about to say Disneyland Anaheim. Yes, 100% there is. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to say that that extends to the swamps of Orlando, but I'm going to say Certainly. this. I found my favorite uh, website of this entire episode uh, t today, and it's called DisneylandCats.com. It's a great website. Uh, according to them, Cats member sightings, uh, which is what they call the cats That's who are at Disneyland. Very cute. Very and cute. it is not that like not real of a name. Cats member sightings have been going on since the park since the park first opened in 1955. Uh, Imagineers went into Sleeping Beauty Castle, the centerpiece of Disneyland, uh, to try and figure out what they were going to put inside of it. Uh, eventually, it became like a kind of walkthrough storybook attraction with special effects that were pretty cool. Uh, but when they first went in there to see what the hell they were going to do and get a glimpse, there were like dozens of flea infested feral cats living in there already. Like <laughs> almost immediately when the structure came up, just because I don't know, like, I don't even think that Anaheim was that populated at the time, but somehow they got in there. Uh, and here's a quote uh, for Jesse to read from DisneylandCats.com about <laughs> what happened. DisneylandCats.com? DisneylandCats.com. Great. About what happened next. Great. It became clear that something needed to be done about the cats, <laughs> but Disney knew, uh, Disney company knew they couldn't exactly eliminate the problem without considerable uproar from the guests. The immediate solution was to adopt all of the cats to cast members, ensure them good homes, and so free up some viable real estate. They dealt with the flea problem as quickly as possible, too. Meanwhile, being an outdoor theme park with lands meant to simulate rustic situations, Disneyland had developed a bit of a rodent problem. While the irony was lost on no one in the company, Disneyland had mice running around, and 
We're not talking about Mickey I'm and Minnie. So Mark, glad Mark. they they explained that. Yeah. There were also still plenty of feral cats on the property who hadn't set up shop in the castle. The cats were smart and realized they found a decent hunting ground on the property that was free of all the typical dangerous stray cats have to face. They were able to emerge at night to a relatively empty park and they could hunt in peace. Yeah. So basically, I love yeah, that. That's, uh, that perfectly crazy. makes sense. Yeah. So basically what they did, they figured the cats aren't hurting anybody. They had these mice like running around anyway. So what they did instead of trying to kill a bunch of cats, they just leaned into it. They set up a couple feeding stations around the park to sort of hint at where the cats should sort of settle so that they would be out of the way of like very high traffic areas. And they uh, captured all the cats, spayed and neutered them, and then let them back out into the park as conscripted feline mouse exterminators, complete with staff meals and medical insurance for all their diseases. Apparently, there are around 200 cats living in the park at any one time. And if you're wondering uh, where some of the feeding stations are, some have been spotted near the Rose Court Garden near the Disneyland Hotel, if you know where that is. The Hungry Bear Restaurant in Critter Country, which is next to Galaxy's Edge. Have you ever been over there? And the, t- yeah, no. the Taste Pilots Grill, which is like a big hangar at California Adventure next to Soren. All those places are hot spots for Disney cats. And even in the daytime, sometimes you can catch them there. Please do not touch them or bother them or do anything other than just look at them from afar and enjoy that these other that enjoy the cats members from a distance. How about that? <laughs> these cats members are truly making Disney their reality, dude. Yeah, that is that is it. I, I'm at, being a stray cat. I can't think of a better fucking deal than living in Disneyland. Yeah, safe. That's what I'm saying. Admired, that's, not bad, that's not a bad free time. Food everywhere. I'm sure if I got fed and medical insurance to just live in Disneyland and kill mice, I would do that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Fucking I'd crazy. do that job. That'd be fine. Put me in one of those little fucking cabins in the lake. I'm in there. I'll yeah. go. Give me a little fire. On uh, Huckleberry Finn Island. Which we will no. revisit, by the way. Don't even. Next one, though. Uh, last Green Circle urban legend of the show today. A uh, little bit like the Denver airport in that it's simply just something sinister sounding that really just requires a little bit of clarification uh, before you start to realize that it's just like kind of just something un- inconceivable. Uh, to the average person. But once upon a time, the story goes, Walt Disney was walking along through Tomorrowland. Uh, You know, he was very known for just getting on foot and walking around the park to experience it from the guest perspective. It's like one of the things he's famous for. And one day he was walking along and his eyes landed on a cowboy who was walking along. He was a cast member cowboy from Frontierland, but he was in Tomorrowland because he had to walk there to get to Frontierland. And uh, it bugged him. It bugged Walt because it broke his immersion a little bit. And he felt like it would be distracting Mm. for guests. And so he decided to do something about it. He drew up plans for a network of secret tunnels that crisscross under Disneyland for getting around and doing secret nefarious things away from the eyes of unsuspecting park guests. Uh, That's the story that goes online. And that's why they say that there's tunnels under Disneyland. Uh, The reality, though, is that Disneyland was way too small and completely closed in around it on all sides. Uh, So there's no way that they could do something like that at Disneyland. Um, And while there are some interesting backstage areas of Disneyland, you can see if you're really looking for them every once in a while uh, when there's like a show happening or something, they'll open some gates when you get off a ride and have you walk through a little bit of backstage to get back to the park sometimes or something like that. Right. But uh 
the real deal is that the tunnel system never really got off the ground uh, until 1967, when it became central to the design of the giant double Disneyland Magic Kingdom in Orlando, Florida, which is part of the Walt Disney World Resort, uh, which houses over 390,000 square feet of backstage tunnels, which are big enough for large vehicles to pass through and are mapped out like a fast travel map from fucking World of Warcraft or something. Like there's there's like messages on the walls that tell you where to go like like a game. It's crazy. Uh, and uh, the other thing that's absolutely insane about them is that they're not really underground so much as they're like the ground floor. So they're so like the whole Disneyland is a swamp. Disney World. They built a floor above it that's underground tunnels. And then they built a floor above that that is Disney World that people walk on. So the tunnels are underneath at all. Underneath, but they're not underground. So they really did get off the ground, if you're following my pun. Um, but uh yeah, it's 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 stunning to think about. It's like a it's like Dr. Evil. Uh <laughs> the entrances are all hidden in plain sight all around. You can even visit some pieces of it during uh official backstage tours that they like curate for this purpose and you can actually are led in there by cast members you can actually see it uh but it's all so well integrated in the park you would never even notice it unless you were looking for it and also according to disneyfanatic.com the special branding rules do not apply in there like mascots are allowed to take their heads off in the tunnels uh mm. face characters can like cuss and slouch and like just like, ugh, you know, like get there. So you mean the coolest place in the park yeah. is what you're saying? They yeah, that's play, what it sounds like to they me. They play non-Disney music out of the speakers, too. Like, they play, Whoa. like, regular music. Uh, Dude, are there, like, little restaurants down there? Like, a whole little mini Disney city? There's there's, there's little like, there's little rest areas and stuff everywhere and places right. to eat. And if you need a haircut or you need freshening up to get back up to Disney's rigorous uh, hygiene and cleanliness standards, you can go to Kingdom Cutters with two Ks, a cast member-only full-service salon, uh, which is uh, pretty pretty crazy. That's uh, crazy. That's and, cool, though. And at the center of it, in the tunnels, and perhaps the most movie-like thing in this little thing, is the command center, which is literally like the room at Jurassic Park. Like, <laughs> it's like a big room where all the screens are, and you can see all the stuff, and you can control everything, just like that, but for Disneyland. It's like a real place, and that's like pretty- All operated by the- Frozen brain yeah. of Walt Disney. Yeah. Well, we'll get center. to that when the double blacks. Oh uh, uh, yeah, yeah, that's next episode <laughs> for sure. The main, the main point that I'm making though with these tunnels is that, and and the thing that is so crazy about this, Disney World. I've never been there. Disney World is big. <gasps> yeah, you've huge. never been to Disney World. I have no, I, I have almost no interest in going, but I do kind of want to really? see it. Would you go to Epcot Center and get drunk with me? Hundred percent. I mean, go to Disneyland for like a world for you know fun reasons. I would do that. I would do that. In a heartbeat, but I, I, it's not like to me, like I'm not like a Disney boy. I don't love to like go be Disney guy gotcha. and like wear Disney ears and like go. Right. But like, what if we went to Epcot and drank around the world? That sounds great. I'm there. I would yeah. go to any of the parks. I'll go on the fucking what if Avatar. That was the first ever official Chiluminati meetup. <laughs> Come to Epcot. Chiluminati. Drinking around the world. Chiluminati runs this world. Um, every for yeah. every restaurant, uh, a cryptid or paranormal theory yeah. for each one as we visit and drink. Yeah, yeah. a cryptid that Mathis would have sex with in each country around the world. There's, there's got to be at least one. There's got to be there's at least at one. Least one. Yeah. At least yeah. it's like an Animaniac song that like was banned from the airwaves. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, Disney World is very big. 
you probably can't comprehend it if you haven't been there. Uh, it's like Las Vegas, but it's one place. Uh, and people maybe don't realize how much it takes to do something that nice on that scale. And while they'd rather not think about that at all, which is what Disney really tries to do and just help them not think about it at all. The things that like poke through the backstage and the, the resources that are required to do that stuff, it just feels sinister by nature of its scale. It seems like an, you're like, if they can do this, how can they not just have a private military? You know what I mean? Like, it's like, it's like crazy to think about the resources that these companies have. Um, but, uh, that's basically the theme for Green Circle Beginner Urban Legends is just look how much money Disney has. And yeah, they do all this weird shit that they that people think they do. That, that this they is the reason scary. they were able to buy Marvel Studios. Yeah, but there's no way there's no way that like uh, a city could have smell smellitizers all over the city. But Disneyland has them everywhere. Like, out of curiosity, is it, I mean, maybe we'll get to it. But, uh, you know, the, the 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 place where people can live, Disney street what the fuck is it you know that disney where you can own a Downtown house disney or you can own a house and live in the disney neighborhood like the really rich houses god it sounds like that fucking weird disneyland uh stardew valley disney's, that's it, disney's golden oaks neighborhood that's it right there uh so they have a whole disney's golden oak has homes you live there it's in florida orange county wow uh it is a literal neighborhood own run and is Disney. Every house is themed in some sort of way. I was in this like, I didn't know if we were going to maybe, I don't know if they started pumping smells into people's houses. This is fucking It's a great question. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll drop in the Zoom the, yeah, uh, just a link to their homepage. It's page. interesting because, uh, you know, Epcot itself was actually originally, and you can go watch a fucking uh, defunct land on it or whatever, but originally Epcot was going to be like a city of tomorrow, like a perfect self-contained mm. city that ran and people were going to live there and, and work there and be there. And that was going to kind of be what Epcot was until Walt died. And they just changed into like a neat sort of like educational world theme park, which yeah, I think yeah. is a cool idea too, but it's like very small in scale compared to that. But yeah, Disney's a company that has the capability to do this stuff. Yeah. They have a whole neighborhood, golden Oaks. It's on technically Disney world property. It yeah. is on Disney world. So think about that. What goal? I'm looking it up. Golden I, 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 I yeah. listed to you in the zoom chat. Disney yeah. Golden Oaks. Luxury custom right single family homes, dude. So weird. It is bizarre. Uh, it's like it, just real rich people stuff. Yeah, it's all real rich people and really huge houses that live on Disney. You're it all looks Disney. Like a, it looks like an officer's uh, housing area in a military base. It's really weird. Yeah, and then like the description of the homes are like fantastical. Set at the end of a winding road amid scenic landscapes of native plantings, the Carrollwood neighborhood offers a private setting in the northernmost enclave of Carrollwood Reserve. Is this in California? No, it's in Orange County, Florida. What? Then why is there... There's a gold... Oh, never mind. <laughs> there's a bunch of golden oak things in California, and it's giving me all California, because I assume... Because you live in California. In California. Yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. Uh, but here we are now. We're moving on into the blue square intermediate section of our list. These are less proven and possibly untrue or fictional rumors, but with details based in reality as we know it, like Green Circle's slightly more interesting older brother. <laughs> and who is sorry, less sorry. Last, I, I said one stuff. more link. It's the three available homes, starting oh from six point eight million to eight point eight million, all the way Encantada. all the way to nine point five million. Six bedrooms, six Good bedrooms, Lord. six baths, seven and a half baths. All right, I gotta, <laughs> I gotta get out of there. 
I'm not yeah, yeah, going to yeah. live there or be there. Or no, no, it. never, never, never. <laughs> just, uh, it's just fascinating to me. Yeah. So we're Blue Square. Next one. We're up in the ante a little bit, almost immediately, uh, to a legend on the scale of secret societies. If you do we some Googling, it. things that will probably come up are Club 33, which I talked about uh, in the mini-sode after the last Disney episode. It's the elite IRL secret club and lounge spots within Disney parks around the world reserved solely for its roster of the world's most powerful and wealthy people, which, as we know from the Coconut Grove episode, uh, is uh, just not a recipe for, you know, keeping the power out of the hands of the rich. There's something passively insidious about having a secret society, even if the point of the secret society is not to control the world. It just provides a private space for things to happen with between powerful people, and that's not good. Uh, But... Uh, that's one thing that'll come up if you Google Club 33. The other thing that will come up is the fact that Disney and many others were part of the anti-Semitism heavy motion picture alliance uh, and that he was kind of a, you know, known and documented anti-Semite, uh, which yeah. more than some secret conspiracy is really just part of the countless and damning evidence all around us all the time that racism <laughs> is still a fully real and harmful problem in the world today. Maybe you're thinking of the same thing I'm thinking of, pervading all aspects of the world around us, right in front of our faces. Okay, whatever could this guy? Whatever could you be talking about? It's in, whatever you be talking. And about. you have to look at it. You have to say. You have to say it's here. It's in front of us all the time, and including fundamental parts of our culture, our history, our government, and we will never defeat it. And it will never be behind us as long as dumb, shitty people with money can have power, and it should not be ignored. However, oh, that is not a conspiracy theory. <laughs> totally off topic, though. Man, graduation was a great album, right, everybody? It's 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 a bittersweet album in this current context. <laughs> oh, what context are you referring context. to? Context. Uh, <laughs> oh, right, right, right. Uh, but if you persistently Google even further and you click the more results button a few times and really get to the meat of things like Lois Lane, you might start to hear rumblings of something called the SEA or the Society of Explorers and Adventurers which is hard-baked into a surprising amount of places in the Disney parks and involves a group of wealthy world travelers and interesting business people who've been marauding across the globe on romantic globetrotting excursions of the human spirit for over 200 years and are known to be the owners and operators of many different attractions and businesses within the Disney theme park world. Sounds cool. On the one hand, you could call these people the Disneyland Illuminati. Uh, But on the other hand, you could call them an ingenious invention of Imagineers featuring the most lively and well-developed characters you can possibly create in a storytelling environment where everyone is gone and the world is frozen in time forever for park guests to explore without anybody there. Uh, either way, this is the secret history of Disneyland, which you can only glean Dark Souls style <laughs> from the physical evidence of it in the design of the parks and the records of it that exist online in the history of time that, you know, in places that no longer exist, uh, like this great article that I found at sfgate.com. Basically, as they explain in the article, the whole thing started with a restaurant called the Adventurers Club, uh, which used to be located on Pleasure Island at Walt Disney World, uh, but was raised and replaced uh, when they swapped Pleasure Island for Disney Springs in 2008. Uh, If you know downtown Disney in Anaheim, Pleasure Island was kind of like that, uh, but it was like edgy and kind of like nasty in a way, not like in a like porny way or something, but just <laughs> not so worried about kids. 
Uh, it was geared towards adults is what yeah. it was. It was like not a theme park. It was just a place for adults to go spend a shitload of money next to Disney World in Florida. Uh, in this restaurant was a sign claiming that Pleasure Island was actually founded by a dude named Pleasure, which is kind of like a theme for the SEA. Uh, Meriwether Adam Pleasure was this millionaire sailmaker who loved to quest into the unknown and see new things and discover mysteries. And the Adventurers Club kind of served as a watering hole slash headquarters for the group. Uh, it had all kinds of like <clears throat> animatronic things on the walls and stuff that would happen all the time. And it would have secret rooms and like potions to drink and in character storyline stuff would be happening all around you. And the whole deal was that it was New Year's Eve every night. It was like a New Year's Eve party every night. And characters would like hand you things and get you involved in the action. And at the end, if you stayed to watch the countdown at midnight, they'd shoot fireworks off the roof of the restaurant. That's cool. And yeah, apparently people got so into this shit that they started corresponding with the actors in character. And eventually they started a newsletter for people to subscribe to. Mm. And it had this secret greeting that you could say, which I'll drop into the chat for you guys to try Ooh. out right now. Secret greetings. This is the secret SEA greeting. Kungaloosh! Kungaloosh! Yes. Uh, and if you ever pop into Trader Sam's at Disneyland, uh, at the Disneyland Hotel, which is a bar that's tiki-themed, like the Jungle Cruise or something, uh, you can still allegedly order a Kungaloosh off its secret menu, and while you're drinking it, you can go on the walls and read some Adventures Club letters from two members, Samantha Sterling and Fletcher Hodges, and Samantha even gets a stocking hung up behind the bar at Christmas. So it's like, mm. really, they're thinking about this. Uh, have you, yeah, like have I said, you have you done that before? Have you ordered a kung? I did not know about this at hmm. all until like a couple days ago. Oh, cool! It, I think it's just really interesting. Uh, like if you want to, uh, yeah. If if you really quickly, if you want to deep dive Pleasure Island, just you know, if you're like, oh, I'm interested in learning more, uh, there's a video. Just Google it. It's called Yester World: The Rise and Fall of Disney's Pleasure Island, and yo, fascinating stuff. It's like thirty or so minutes, and it is super interesting to see. Everything that happened at Disney's love, like, love a theme park land. adventure. Yeah, it's love wild, a theme yeah. park documentary. Uh, and Yesterworld is like the OG defunct land. It's like pretty damn good. Uh, yeah, but yeah, that shit got leveled in 2008. Uh, dropped off for a bit. Uh, but in 2011, uh, at this sort of educational museum style thing at Tokyo Disney Sea called Fort Fortress Explorations, uh, these pup these puzzles popped up. If you solved them, you'd be invited to become a member of the SEA. And then in 2013. Uh, they have this much less ghostly mystic manor, uh, which was, excuse me, opened at the Hong Kong Disneyland version of, uh, the haunted mansion It's called mystic Manor. So it's like, they can't really do ghosts and stuff in China. That's like not really how their culture is. It's not really allowed. So it's kind of just more like a, like interesting, mysterious manner. <laughs> uh, and in that ride, the storyline has the explorers club rather than the adventurers club. It's like a, it's counterpart. And uh, it ties directly to the SEA through the owner of the Mystic Manor, Henry Mystic, and even inc includes a bunch of stuff from the Pleasure Island restaurant in the ride. Oh, that's cool. Uh, and on the Disney Cruise Lines, the Oceaneer Lab Kids Club area is a recreation of the 1898 deep sea diving and research vessel owned and operated by SEA member Captain Mary Oceaneer. And uh, there's a couple other places that you can find SEA stuff all over Disney history, too. In 2006, SEA member Harrison Hightower of the Hightower Hotel is the setting for the uh, twi not Twilight Zone free Tower of Terror at Tokyo <laughs> Disney Sea. Uh, Barnabas T. Bullion was added as the owner of the mine that's the setting for Magic Kingdom's 
2013 Big Thunder Railroad revamp. And in 2015, they added the Jungle Navigation Co. Limited Skipper Canteen to Adventureland in uh, Magic Kingdom. And it was revealed to be owned and operated by none other than Dr. Albert T. Falls from that one waterfall joke from the Jungle Cruise. Uh, and mm. now that character is canonized by the Jungle Cruise movie with Emily Blunt and The Rock. Oh. Uh, and it has a secret SEA meeting room and you can order a Kungaloosh for dessert. And speaking of SEA members in movies later that same year, when Disney Springs added a hangar style bar based around Indiana Jones's snake owning pilot friend, Jock Lindsay, they included uh, Samantha Sterling's passport in the decor and heavily implied that Jock himself was a member. Do you remember that guy, Jock? No. He's the guy that when Indy's running out of the jungle right at the beginning of Raiders of the Lost Ark, he like runs into a plane and he's like, what the? And he like pulls a snake out of the plane and he's like, that's my, that's my pet snake, Reggie. And he's like, I hate snakes. Is that guy? <laughs> yeah. That guy is a member of the SEA. Uh, and uh, in the, uh, and then finally uh, in the new uh, like PC version of the Jungle Cruise that they did where they like plussed it up during the pandemic and like took out all that like weird racist shit, like with the like colonial explorers and the like black servants and shit. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's all out of there. All the people are now replaced by SEA members. And it seems like the whole plot of the ride now centers around an SEA expedition being waylaid in the jungle and like, and wrecked. And like, there's an artist called Rosa Soto Dominguez, who you can see her art in the line of the ride. And, uh, Later in the ride, the monkeys like get into her paint and like fuck up the paint and are messing with her paint as part of the ride. Mm. Um, and that is the spake secret society that owns Disney attractions all over the world. The SEA. Pretty interesting. Amazing. Yeah. And then I got one last uh, blue square intermediate uh, uh, urban legend for you today before we close out just because we're kind of getting on in time here. And I want to I want to so wrap fast. this up. Yeah, I know. I, I want to wrap it up uh, and I want to save an equal number of dope shit for next time. That's even just much more raunchy and bloody uh, than this episode. Uh, but along the same lines as the SEA, if you think of Disneyland as a type of IRL open world video game mm -hmm. like Westworld, if you kind of think about it like that, is it possible that there are like secret side quest lines hidden mm. in Disneyland. Like an ARG kind of thing. Yeah, sort of. Yeah. Um, I would say it's possible. Uh, it reminds me, I just shout out to uh, Jenny Nicholson on YouTube. She's amazing content creator. Uh, she did like a four hour breakdown of Everland or like something. Oh, Evermore. Lines. Evermore, which was supposed to be that whole park of like LARPing, essentially. Like the Adventurers Club, but a yeah, park. Yeah, 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 exactly. So I would say it is possible. Um, Though I feel like we would have heard so much more about it if it like people would have been blowing it up if it was true. The side quest thing? Yeah, if there are side quests, I feel like it would have become very popular very quickly. Well, let me tell you this. The answer, the short answer is sort of and maybe fully yes. Oh, okay. All right. So I'm just, I don't I don't know how that works, but I'm, I'm okay, ready to I'll, I'll get into it. On the one okay, hand, yeah. on the one hand, the one that is like a sort of answer is something that you guys probably already know about. It is something called hidden mickeys yes and yeah, yeah, yeah. if you love disneyland sure. you probably already know about this uh but for the uninitiated here's a great summary from uh abc news about hidden mickeys from mathis to read to explain sure. succinctly what they are to everyone 
A hidden Mickey is a partial or complete image of Mickey Mouse that has been hidden by Disney's Imagineers and artists in the designs of Disney attractions, hotels, restaurants, and other areas. The most common, Im uh, the most common image is an outline of Mickey's head formed by three circles, one for Mickey's head and two for his ears, the classic hidden Mickey. And yeah, when I was at uh, Disneyland a few years ago, like I said, we saw a few of them. Uh, they were sweeping leaves into the into the shape of uh, Mickey Mouse's. Uh, oh, that's very cute. Yeah, it that's was hilarious. Yeah, it was very cute. Like little Mickey Mouse ears and little Mickey Mouses everywhere. I also sent you guys a little link to like a photo dump of a couple hidden Mickey's for you yeah. guys to look at, and so you can tell the people about. Just yeah, to give an example like, of how they kind of are. Yeah, it was like a, a shelf with like paint all over it, and then there's like a a, a green Mickey Mouse uh, head. That then has like a paint leaking stroke that goes from the bottom of it. Uh, one built into a tiki tower? A totem pole. Totem pole? <laughs> I couldn't remember the fuck the name of it is. Um, I don't know. I'm sorry. Uh, I don't where I don't actually see it in this one. I'm trying to look at it, find it in this one. In the in the grate? In the in the totem pole? Yeah. The totem pole is it's right under his like arm. Yeah, it's right there. You can Oh yeah, okay. I'm dumb. There it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, and then so the great is in the shape of one. We saw, yeah, yeah, yeah I saw like the great like one. Dalmatian with one, and there's some rocks that have the shape, and uh, looks like Steven Tyler is wearing a Mickey. And uh, yeah, there's even in cement, there's like cement imprints. Yeah. And in one of the caves for Indiana Jones, it looks like there's one. And uh, even some of these, some of the fake ivy. Which I imagine is that that uh, Italian restaurant they have. Yeah, some of the fake ivory is probably uh, ivory. Some of the fake hey, ivy. See, we both said something probably, wrong. Yeah. Uh, yeah. See, so yeah, some Lego of them are like World really hard. Lego bit. The Lego one's cool. Yeah. yeah. There's like a I, yeah. There's there, like some there's of them are easy. Some of them are very difficult to see. Yeah. So if this was a side quest, the reason I say this is a sort of answer, it's a fun diversion for a couple hours if sure. you want to. Or it's like a, you know, a great thing to fantasize about making an Instagram about or whatever. But I feel like it's the equivalent of the like, uh, what are those things called? The, the Korok seeds. Oh, yes. yeah, yeah. And Breath yes. of the Wild. I feel like it's just kind of like a non-directionless. It's like a directionless sort of background quest. It's not really a side quest. Imagine you find all the hidden Mickeys right. and you just get a giant golden Mickey Mouse shit. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of how it feels. Yeah. Uh, fun, but not motivating right however a few weeks ago something crazy popped up in my feed which is the impetus for this whole episode so check this out basically this guy chris provost who runs the channel provost park pass uh was exploring pirate's lair which is on tom sawyer island which jackie jesse talked about earlier uh That's where we're gonna live yeah yeah in the middle of the park uh the pirate's lair was added during a 2007 revamp of the island capitalizing off whatever the third Pirates movie was called. And uh, without realizing it, he caught a random painting on the wall in his video and was like, what's that about? And one of his commenters, Magic Martin 666 who I am not 100% sure is not Mathis, uh, <laughs> mentioned that it looked... I, I can either <laughs> confirm nor deny. <laughs> uh, mentioned that it looked kind of like the code from the Sherlock Holmes story, The Adventure of the Dancing Man. Uh, so I don't know if... Or D Dancing yep, Man. I am a... I love, I love Sherlock Holmes, coincidentally. Yeah, uh, great Sherlock Holmes story. One of the only ones with Americans in it. He solves, uh, but, he solves the mystery. Yeah, so it's... it's I mean, it's, that's uh, what Sherlock Holmes does. That's his deal. That's, yeah, you can almost I mean, guarantee like, like, that he solves he all the that. mysteries. Like it's like that, Batman yeah. in that way, mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, I love how you were like, he solves the mystery in that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that one's about where he finds the mystery. No, but okay. 
basically the code matched up perfectly. It's these little bone men that you can see. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're like, they, they, they literally are like different, different, uh, like skeleton shapes meant to be different letters. And, uh, it decoded to a message and I'm going to send it here. And this is going to be for Jesse to read. Uh, and he's got to, you got to read it like a pirate. Cause it's pirate stuff. I, each answer be having three identical. Oh, that's where it ended. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was her answer. I'm sure there's more. It just says letters. First it's, mate. He's having a bout of the scurvy. Alex Wait, you can't see that? Send the rest. It just three says, identical each letters? Answer be having three identical. No, it says three identical. And then what? first mate Alex fell overboard and I didn't get the rest. Well, it said each answer be having three identical letters. This implied okay. more riddles. And pretty quickly, he set off to work, found the next step in Dead Man's Grotto nearby with another uh, riddle for Jesse to read. This one was written out on the wall. So hopefully this one doesn't get cut off. I don't know what happened there. <laughs> we pirates face a sea of troubles. Our dying breaths are only. What do you think the answer is? It, now remember, it has three identical letters in it. Three identical Each answer have three identical letters. letters. We pirates face a sea of troubles. Our dying breaths are only bubbles. Bubbles. <laughs> it's bubbles. Hey. So there's bubbles is, is the answer uh, to that riddle. But that's the only riddle that he found. Interesting. He thinks that it's because they never finished putting them in. But I secretly think that he just has not found them yet and is not looking hard enough. Uh, and this was first posted to me, I saw the post on November 21st. So this was not that long ago. No, so it's possible. It's possible that you could be the one to solve the mystery on Tom Sawyer Island. The pirate's mystery. Because it says each answer be having three identical letters. And that sounds only like one answer with three identical letters. Yeah. But also it has a rhyming scheme. So bubbles was easy when you just think troubles. You know what I mean? So like, I feel you, but you, but this. it does have three letters, and I think maybe we can. I think there are more, right? They wouldn't yeah, put something sure. like fake and not done up in Disneyland. Not in Disney. Yeah. Um. So I it, I end this episode with an invitation for you to go to Disneyland and look around and find things that are that are secret and history. And you, maybe through the help of the Chiluminati podcast, can Ooh. solve the mystery of Ooh. Tom Sawyer Island. If you uh, do with that, you yeah. get to take Alex's place as host. Yeah, that's true. Uh, you you have to make the Greenstone part three. And with that, <laughs> we come to the end of part one with part two of Disney Urban Legends uh, coming soon with much, much more hardcore Black Diamond and Double Black Diamond Legends. Yes. Uh, but before I go, as a teaser for today's mini-sode, which you can get again at patreon.com slash pod, I'm going to be talking about a couple of the various secret rooms and secret, uh, like, Secret rooms and like off menu things that can happen at Disney parks. Oh, uh, right. So come be a patron to hear that right after this. Thank you guys so much for watching. We love you guys so much and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.
I don't know who they are. There's two. What? Terrence Hill and Bud Spencer. No. Neo and Trinity. No. I don't understand, and I probably never will. Let me just tell you right now that there's two. Leon Kennedy and Claire Redfield. I'm telling you, I think he literally just looked up famous duos. Cheech and Chong. And he's been going through the list ever since. I'm trying to dig deep. Which one of you is uh, Dick Powell? Me? Your name's Jesse Cox. <laughs> and Jesse. Like a shooting star across the sky that's actually a UFO.